Welcome to the Foxy Podcast, a bi-monthly show brought to you by Freeform Freakout and Foxy Digitalis. The show is produced at KMSU Studios in Mankato. Here in the Foxy Podcast, we try to dig deeper into underground and experimental sounds of the past and present. This edition of the podcast, we're going to be chatting with Chris Jocks, who runs the Prairie Fire Tapes and Dub Ditch Picnic cassette labels out of Winnipeg, Manitoba, our friendly neighbors to the north in Canada. Starting in 2010, both these labels combined have released a wide spectrum of sounds, with Prairie Fire dealing in more noise and drone-based works, and Dub Ditch Picnic documenting all sorts of fringe sounds. As their website reads... We like basement psych, punk rock, no wave, kraut jams, long luscious drone, and of course, dub. So, I'm going to be asking Chris about more background on the labels. We're going to try to cover as much musical ground as we can here in the next two hours to give you a fairly decent overview of these labels. So before we get into our interview with Chris, I'm going to start off by playing something from a hoarder's tape that came out on Prairie Fire early last year. This is a track called Lantana.
So uh, first, I just wanted to clarify before we got too into this is that uh, Prairie Fire Tapes and Dub Ditch is, is not just yourself, but it's also you and Cole uh, Peters. Is that correct? Prairie Fire is Cole and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was because um, we were both just sort of starting to, to release stuff. Him as Gomesa, me as White Dog. And... Um, you know, we had both released some CDRs, hand, you know, sort of handmade things, and we weren't really getting a lot of attention. So we thought, well, let's do some cassettes. And I approached them to do a split. And the more we started looking at, you know, sort of getting all the infrastructure of making a tape together and maybe doing some for our friends, I said, well, if we're going to do all this work, why don't we just start a label and just keep it going? Because he... Um, he, he's really, really strong in, in the design area, which is something that I was always super weak in. So we sort of uh, forged out this this label of sorts. And, uh, you know, he was uh, he was doing all the design, the initial design, and I was, uh, you know, putting up the cash, basically, and, and making the tapes. And then about six months later, it, it was just becoming clear that, I wanted to do, I wanted to work with different bands. Um, I wanted to work with bands, basically, uh, not just people who were making noise or drone. So it was like, well, I'm going to start a sub-label, and it's just going to be me 100%, and I'm going to release whatever sort of strikes my fancy, and that's where Dub Ditch Picnic came into play. So when did you guys actually start, I guess, Prairie Fire Tapes then together? Is that like 2010-ish? Is that about right? Yeah, it was. We had been throwing ideas around through November and December of 2009, and we had everything ready to go um, in 2010. So the the January 2010 is the is the day, okay, or the date. And as you were mentioning, kind of before, I mean, Prairie Fire tapes. I guess from the outset was. I guess how you had conceived it was more or less a noise label uh, out of the gates. Is that true? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's what I was doing. Like we were, he was doing, uh, Cole was doing like a harsh noise wall. Uh, he was doing walls and I was doing more just harsh noise. And, um, and then as we went along, we both sort of ditched those, that approach. And I started doing just more weird recordings and, um, you know, more, sort of adding more psychedelic stuff into it, stuff that sort of appeased my ear. And he's been doing more guitar drone. Um, so we, we, we've mellowed in, in the course of three years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the label kind of did too. And then, I mean, you can, you can look at it from the first few releases to now. It's become quite a bit more varied as, uh, as, you know, I guess our tastes or, or just interest, you know, you become bored of just working with one straight genre all the time. Yeah. So, that's... Yeah. It, it started off as a noise label, but, um, you know, pretty quickly it was, it was like, you know, and, and just working with our friends, not everyone was doing noise, but people were doing really interesting stuff and we wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of, answered this question already but with like dub ditch picnic being kind of your baby that you kind of branched off and did i mean was that kind of your way i mean just to cut loose and explore pretty much 
anything? I mean, because I look at your catalog and the stuff that I've listened to. I mean, it really does kind of cover a pretty large swath in terms of like styles of music. So did you kind of see that as just this real open-ended way to explore music that you were interested in? Yeah, I, I mean, I I often describe Dub Ditch as uh, an extension of my own record collection. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it, it really, like, it is what I like to listen to. Whether there's some, you know, there'll be some garage rock band, there'll be some punk rock, there'll be a, like a dub dude, right? Fletcher doing his dub mm-hmm. stuff. Um, to the Cosmic Dead, like, you know, just heavy, heavy, blown out 20 minute psych tracks to you know to what we've got now like powder blue um and uh, and stuff like that and, and microdot like you know they're, they're mining that sort of like new zealand pop mm-hmm. garage sound and you know so it's it's really all over the place and i always admired labels that um i, I liked some of them that were really focused on one sound i you know i thought that was really cool and uh, like if a label can keep that focus, that's awesome. But then there were others. I mean, I grew up listening to, you know, to to Touch and Go and uh, Amphetamine Reptile and Sub Pop and stuff like that. And and always just found like it was there was a consistency in quality, but artistically it was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Any of the labels, um, you know, they all sort of worked, you know, Sub Pop up obviously with grunge and touch and go had, you know, sort of the, some of the noise rock bands and whatever. And, and same with AMREP, but they never stayed specifically with that one sound. There was always something else really cool coming out and you could trust, you could trust, uh, you know, Corey and, and uh, you know, Tom at, at uh, AMREP to be releasing cool records. So you didn't even have to, listen to a sample you could just go put your money down and know you're going home with quality right right well at this stage um do you try to and I, I guess this is really to you since you're kind of a part of both of these labels do you try to strike a balance with the two labels in terms of like the number of releases that you're doing i mean i, I guess your focus probably tends to side more with the dub ditch thing since it's your label yeah um i, I try to keep it even keel um like we did i guess about this time last year we just did 10 10 releases right off the you know right out the gate uh with prairie fire where dub ditch has been a couple here a couple there mm-hmm. i just try not to to overwhelm myself um now we have things that are in production they're produced i'm just waiting to to release them so it's not just everything comes out at once and here's another 10 tapes and then we're quiet for four or five months and here's another 10 tapes. So it's just sort of rolling them out so not to overwhelm everyone. Right, right. And uh, that's maybe one question, uh, you know, that a lot of li- tape labels do kind of fall into or use that batch approach. And yeah. you know, I've seen that... Um, you know, some people have backed off, but I'm wondering, <laughs> this is maybe sort of a timely question because the, uh, you know, the postage rates are changing internationally, at least here in the States. Uh, does that affect you and what you do? I mean, like, do you think, man, maybe it would be better to package certain tapes together just to make it easier to ship around the world? Is that a factor in, in terms of like dub ditch and, and what you do with Prairie Fire? I think what a lot of my, um, you know, U.S., 
counterparts are dealing with now is what we've been dealing with in Canada for years, where post postage rates are just sick. Okay. Um, you know, I've been trying, you know, trying to find ways to to minimize um, the cost. Always, always trying to find ways to minimize the cost. Um, but you know, folks are talking now that like a tape from to Europe from from the U.S. is going to be like nine bucks, where um, for us it's about five. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and and as you go up, you can, you know, one tape will be five, two tapes will be nine, but then again, three tapes will be nine too. So, um, you know, it, it's always just been trying to not overload because I mean, ten tapes to Europe or something is thirty-five bucks. I'm, I always got to think, what would I do if I was buying? I'd, I'd run away from 35 bucks. Yeah, no kidding, yeah. On 10 days. You know, you break it down, it's 350 I guess it makes sense, but the initial sticker shock is still there. Right, right. Um, but, you know, we've, you know, uh, I've connected stuff with, uh, with the store now. We have a bit of a distro. So, who knows? You know, it, it's really, the focus really is trying to get people in Canada aware of, of what's going on beyond their their local scene, like people in Montreal know what's going on in Montreal and they're doing okay and people in Toronto are kind of taking care of themselves. But I know that there's people in Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatchewan, like all throughout the province that are doing really cool stuff but nobody knows. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get stuff to stores and, and folks and, you know, little by little, it's it's been it's been a real baby steps kind of thing, which is probably good. Um, you know, we're always sort of making those decisions of how do we do this better? How do we, you know, how, how do we make it so that we're not holding on to, you know, 98 copies of this 100 tape run that we've done? Yeah, right, right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into a set here of, of some material from uh, Prairie Fire Tapes. And I'm going to start off um, with something from that Derek Rogers tape that you put out. I think it was early last year. Was that a part of that 10... Uh, that tape. was the yeah that was the 10 10 tape run yeah 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 and you mentioned here that um part of what you guys have been doing is to sort of connect with sort of the larger i guess tape underground and i think that's one of the things that you kind of did early on with prairie fire is you did kind of latch on even with dub ditch is kind of gravitate and grab some i think well i think of Derek rogers as a pretty you know well-known guy within like the tape circles and is that something that you've seen like kind of taking what you do on a local level and connecting it with some of these you know other scenes or artists yeah and part of it is just having a wish list it was like oh who who would we want to work with and um you know early on with prairie fire was like oh it's really cool to do a tape with tom carter but you know who who are we to to even ask right (laughs) so i mean it was like we did it off the cuff, and I think within with in, during our first year, we you know he had signed on for a tape, and it was super fun, and everyone was happy, and same with Seller and and uh, Derek, you know, and just you know it, it comes down to hey, what, it's an email. They'll say, they could say no. Right, We've had right. people say no, and uh, but you know, oftentimes other people, it's it's yes, it's always weird to say hey. Um, you want to release some music on a tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, a lot of people are waiting for someone to do an LP with them, but, 
you know, we've had that too. It's like they're interested, but and if we were ready to do a, a, an LP, they'd be all over. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's jump into this. So this is the uh, title track from A Crack in Everything. This is Derek Rogers.
Okay, well, if I remember correctly, you guys, for a while there anyway, were like posting Dub Ditch Picnic radio shows on your blog. Is that something that you guys still do? Or did, I mean, what was sort of the background on the radio thing that you were doing? I've done radio up in Winnipeg since I was uh, 18 um, at, uh, at like the college stations. It was like kind of in-house for a long time. And then I guess in 2000, we had two uh, stations go FM right around the same time. So I was doing radio with uh, one of the stations, CKW, for a number of years and uh, quit once just for time constraints. I mean, I was doing a Friday night show from like midnight till sometimes three or four in the morning and after teaching all week it was just like i can't do this mm-hmm. um and then came back and did another one um with a few friends and we were splitting it um so i was coming in like once once a month and then it was like oh well it's two or three times a month and it was just becoming again just too much so i i quit again and then just started making like one or two hour mixes and putting them up on uh the dump ditch page as like dub ditch radio or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the other, uh, the manager from the other station in town, UMFM said, well, why don't, why don't we just do this as a late night show? And I was like, Hey, that's great. That's super fun. So I would, you know, just put this show together and wasn't talking. So it was actually just like a two hour mix. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but then as I got into the spring of last year, I was finishing up my master's and I was getting ready for defense and getting all this stuff ready. And I was just like, I can't do radio. I can hardly keep, you know, working every day and family and running a label wasn't making music anymore. So things just had to go by the wayside. But, uh, I think I'm, I'll probably get back into to doing the show again. I'm maybe even talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, so that yeah, so we were we were I was just doing stuff and just sort of you know it just gave me an opportunity to play music that I had sort of stored on my hard drive. Well, being um, I guess somewhat isolated geographically up in in uh, Winnipeg, how mm-hmm. do you how do you feel that that's sort of shaped the identity of your labels and and perhaps how you've approached your work uh, with the labels? Um, yeah, well, you know. Somewhat geographically isolated is uh, we're 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 pretty isolated. We're we're eight hours from anywhere really. Mm-hmm. I'm about I'm about eight hours from you, um, and then east or west. I mean, it's almost fifteen hours to Calgary, and then like twenty four hours to Toronto. So I mean, there's just like not a lot's coming through here on a regular basis. So we're really allowed to do whatever we want. Um, you know we. The, the the stuff that uh, that influences us obviously will come from the records we buy and but, uh, but that's about it so I mean if I you know with with Prairie Fire a lot of it was starting with we're going to release music by our friends because we know a ton of people that are just like us that are making music in their house they don't play out um, they need some kind of outlet and we're going to be hit and then with Dub Ditch it was kind of the same thing there's bands that are playing and Maybe if we, you know, released some tapes in addition of 30 or 50 or whatever, maybe we'll send it out to WMFMU or to your label and it'll get some play and it'll get some attention and it'll get them wound up to get in a van and go play in some cities and get out there rather than just play at the same 
club in Winnipeg forever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's the isolation. One, it's it's really freeing because we don't have to be anything that we don't want to be. Um, it makes us work harder because you know we're a small city that we don't feed into anything, so we don't have a built-in scene or crowd that's going to buy our stuff. So we really got to fight tooth and nail to sort of be heard through all the din of the thousands of cassette labels or micro labels that are out there every other week. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and plus it just sort of gets us to, you know, what we're doing allows our friends, whether they're in this city or, you know, in Europe or in the, in, in the States to, to get out there because they have something to to sell and, and have people to hear. So, do you have I, in does Winnipeg have? I mean, are I, I'm sure it's small because I think even the Twin Cities, in terms of like more fringe music and things like that, I mean, it's still pretty small and niche. But I'm just wondering, are there some like supportive venues or consistent places where bands like that you feature on your label, whether it's a noise band or a more pop or rock group that you have on uh, Dub Ditch Picnic, do they have places and stuff to play and, and, and or series and things like that that people come out to? Yeah, um, I mean, that's the one thing about this city. It's the support that, that I've had from people in this in this town, whether it's at the stores, writers, and venues. I mean, it's been incredible. Um, we have uh, a space in town called the Negative Space. It's an artist-run collective, and uh, they've, you know, anytime that I want to bring stuff to sell at a show, they're like, yeah, just come do it. Um, they've started up like a monthly um, noise and experimental night where people are going to play. Um, there was a couple really cool and receptive clubs in town, but... Um, over the summer, we just had a rash of closings. Closings, like everything got shut down. Um, you know, one really good club, a couple restaurants, like anything that was sort of, you know, that sort of would help gel a scene. It just all sort of disappeared. So there's a couple places that are really good and really helpful. Um, and uh, you know, even though the scene is small, people come out. And uh, anytime I need some help in town, like there's someone that's always like extending their hands so it's been really great that way mm-hmm. do they come out even in when it's a negative 50 like right now <laughs> yeah you know what um just a couple of weeks ago there was this uh thing at negative space called dotted don and it was like 11 basically unknown experimental acts and uh the place was packed and it was horrible it was nasty out. it was really bad <laughs> yeah like, uh, it was it was so bad. Like if I wasn't playing, I might have even have even decided to stay home. Kind of a night, mm-hmm. but the place was full. So, yeah, you know that that's the thing. Like, not a ton happens, especially in the winter. Like most people just become hermits and they get really creative over the winter, and then through the spring and summer are playing out a lot mm-hmm. and showing out what they've been doing. So there's so little that's happening. And when something does happen, people tend to you know, put on the extra four layers of socks and a couple, <laughs> you know, pairs of long johns and, and, and venture out into the blowing snow. That's right. Well, let's, uh, let's, uh, play some music here. This, this set's going to feature nothing but uh, dub ditch picnic, uh, tracks. And I'm going to start something off here with, uh, no UFOs, which I think this is probably the first cassette of yours that I got that I like 
really caught my attention and and certainly he's went on to put out some really great records too in the wake of this this release but uh i guess how'd you connect with uh i I can't even remember the dude's name that does no ufos no ufos is conrad and uh and conrad was uh a friend of mine in winnipeg he's from winnipeg initially and uh you know we used to hang out and you know uh, yeah i'd see him at uh, record stores all the time and he was uh in a in a very brief band called let's get dusted with my friend dan and uh yeah so he he, you know it was really interesting he out of the blue we had been talking about music or something and he said yeah you know i've been recording some stuff i'd like you to hear it so he sent me the tracks that would end up being the soft coast tape and um i didn't even know that he was even listening to stuff like that never mind like creating and i was like astounded i was like so blown away i was like i want to release this Mm -hmm. but he had already decided that he was going to do those tracks on his own so i said okay then i got dibs on the next thing so then that's when the mind control cassette came on the on the line yeah so yeah i got really lucky and uh yeah you know to to be one of the first people to hear that stuff like i you know when you hear something you just know people are just going to lose their minds over it. Like that was that experience. Yeah. The, and, and I'm going to play a pretty hefty uh, excerpt here from side a, which features this pretty intense kind of collage type piece. And uh, mm-hmm. I think people will, will understand that. So um, let's do this. This is uh, no UFOs from the cassette release mind control. <laughs>
So some of your latest Prairie Fire tape releases have been from Canadian black metal groups. Uh, the, la- the last two, <laughs> yeah. actually, Harrow and, and Walden were the two. And we're going to play something that's by them in the final set here. But it, it says on your, your website that you guys kind of had the idea to begin documenting the Canadian black metal scene east of the Great Lakes. I love that fact for the two of them. The fact is, are you sticking to that, by the way, only east of the Great Lakes? I think so, yeah, because, I, I, you know, in, in Ontario or, like, around Toronto, but especially, like, um, like in Quebec, like, black metal's crazy. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff going on there, and I think it's pretty well known and documented while, you know, in Western Canada, and, and that's why I said sort of east of the Great, or um, west of the Great Lakes, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, west of the Great Lakes, because, you know, depending on who you talk to, uh, Northern Ontario isn't Western Canada, and Manitoba may not be Western Canada either. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, you know, I was just going to say, just so it's clear that it's like the Great Lakes in, and that's what we're looking at. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so what was, the, what was the thing that kind of, like, drew you to that, or you were like, hey, you know, this is something that we should be documenting? You know, sometimes you're, you're, you're thinking of, you know, I'm spending time, you know, surfing band camp or something, and it's like, hmm, you know, who who's making what kind of music in, in D.C. or in Alberta? Because, I mean, one of the mandates for Prairie Fire specifically is to talk about or, or share what's going on in Canada. And we hadn't really done a lot of stuff with folks in, Sask- in Saskatchewan like... Uh, Wasted Cathedral was was one of I think the only tape from Saskatchewan other than Powder Blue, which is uh, coming up pretty soon. Um, we hadn't done a lot of stuff out of um, with the, you know any Alberta bands. We've done a few things in uh, <coughs> in with, with folks from uh, Vancouver, especially a, a tape by a band called Worker, and they were sort of that was sort of like black drones and uh, sort of metal metal hinges kind of thing. So it was like, well, what, what's going on in, in some of these provinces or even in like around Winnipeg? Like I'm, I'm kind of removed in that way. So I was like, well, why don't we find out? And initially it was going to be like, um, a compilation. And I'm like, well, I don't think I want to do a compilation. So how about a split cassette? So we were going to do five. We were going to try to find 10 bands and do, you know, you offer bands like a half hour side and and just sort of, again, to document and get it out there and let people know that there's all this great stuff. Because I know there is. It's just, where is it? How do you find it? Mm-hmm. Um, so started looking and uh, we had a few bites here and there. A couple bands that we were talking to um, during the process broke up and uh, <coughs> and then, you know, the only ones that we had something solid from was heroin walden but i think we'll probably continue um it's funny though like since we've started releasing stuff by bands like oak and heroin walden and hoarders um we've been getting these crazy emails from like ukrainian and (laughs) yugoslavian uh like nationalist socialist black metal bands or malaysian black metal bands so i mean really if we wanted to expand it at some point and really start doing stuff from all over the world we could but you know it's a world that's really strange because not only did i have to have the conversation of 
you know, this is how we operate, this is how we can compensate you. Then I also had to have the, the, the I had to add the extra question of, so, like, are you guys Nazis? Because <laughs> we don't deal with that. Kind right, of stuff. right. Well, that's, that's um, you're entering into a, a murky, dark realm. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, harsh, like, harsh noise can be that kind of, like, it's, you know, misanthropic and all that as well, but then you just add this next level of, you know, okay, I see you got a bunch of ruins and, you know, your your imagery is one thing, like, is that just because you like Nordic stuff or is that because, you know, you're like white power? So, yeah, yeah you know, it's, um, and, and we did have some conversations where folks were like, yeah, this is what we do. And we're like, yeah, well, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for responding to the email, but we, we just don't follow that train of thought. Right, right. And that was it, so. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it's 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 cool, you know, because you know these guys are playing black metal, but you know the Walden tape ends up saying it's it's all over the place. There's all kinds of like folk tinges, and yeah. there's some of that stuff with the with the the Harrow too. It's great, uh, you know. It's and it allows me to grow as a as a listener and uh, as well, and just to find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, what else do you guys um, have coming out here in in the next? I guess few months or the the year both in terms of prairie fire and uh dub ditch picnic and and i actually know of a couple things because you had sent me those tapes i know that you have the powder blue tape that you mm-hmm. had, that you had mentioned and then um what's the other one that i have here oh the blouse USA. Blouse. yeah yeah um so yeah powder blue is uh four four ladies out of uh saskatoon that are doing this like really cool psych, uh, you know, sort of dream pop stuff. Um, and, uh, and blouse is, uh, is the drummer of, um, lesbian out of, uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. And he, he's also in another band called, uh, fungal abyss. Mm-hmm. And he, he approached me and, um, said, you know, I got this stuff. It's kind of kraut rocky. Check it out and let me know what you think. And I, I spun it and, you know, I, I was listening to it and I was enjoying it. And my son was like, I really like this. Can you make me a CD of it? And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm going to take that as a sign and that's, that's, we're going to do that. So, um, so those tapes are pretty much ready to go. They'll probably be out next a little bit. Um, we have, uh, the second microdot tape is going to be coming out, um, by March and, uh, German army tape. Um, and they've, pretty much release tapes on i think every label mm-hmm. oh i've got uh, a lot of them you know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've got a lot they they arrive at my uh my doorstep it would felt like for a while they're monthly in these really mysterious packages yeah the, the german <laughs> army tapes did <laughs> so yeah so we're gonna do uh we're gonna do a tape with them and i think uh on another crowd time tape um you know these dudes from germany from stuttgart doing like 1972 German psych to like, it sounds like it's from the day. Mm-hmm. So we did the tape with them early on. I think it's like numbers. I, I think it was, if no, if, if no UFOs was number five, I think maybe Krautheim was six. Yeah. So it was like really early on in the discography. So we'll be doing another tape with them. And then Prairie Fire, it's kind of in flux. Cole, um, I guess I can talk about it now. He took a job uh, in London, England, um, I mean, the guy is a genius. Like he decides, you know, I'm going to 
you know, I'm going to learn HTML or, or something, and then he's, he's just good at it. He's got that magic touch, right? Mm-hmm. So he decided that he was, um, you know, he, he's always in, been into design, but he, he wanted to be a designer and uh, was trying to make a go of it in a, in a company, you know, just a startup here in Winnipeg. And it was starting to come together. But I guess he was making connections all over the place. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, got a job with uh, a company that uh, designs apps for, like, iPhones and stuff, banking apps or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, packing up probably in the next day or so and moving, moving to London. He got his visa. So... Um, you know, we're probably going to still <clears throat> continue to to work on things, but because he's going to have a new job and be super busy, I don't know how how many uh, Prairie Fire tapes are going to be coming out until he's settled because he does, you know, all the design, all the art, all the layout. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to over overwhelm him with that. But we got a couple things on the go. Um, a band out of uh, Vancouver called... Um, Aerosol constellations, and uh, there's some sort of sludgy doom stuff out of the UK. Some folks we've been talking to, and um, a few others. And yeah, like everything's kind of nothing's inked yet. Yeah, right. So um, yeah, but we, you know, if he's in London, we might start uh, might start like a, a UK office and just start shipping stuff. From the UK out. Oh, that would through be, him. Yeah, that would be helpful. Yeah, and then uh, and then with Dub Ditch. I mean, I don't know if um, uh, Mark from Triangle Tapes has ever uh, sent sent you guys stuff. He's he's worked with a couple of US bands, uh, Three Leafs, who uh, who Dub Ditch has worked with as well, and then he did uh, this uh, Fungal Abyss. Like just sort of this heavy, heavy repetitive psych band out of uh, out of Seattle, mm-hmm. and we've been trading tapes, and we share like a real similar view of of you know what we consider good music. So another dub ditch tape that um, I'm going to be working on is with a band from uh, Saskatoon called Shooting Guns, and they're doing a split with San Francisco's Carlton Melton. I think I'm saying it right, mm-hmm. and um, and Mark from Triangle Tapes is like, well, yeah, I'm doing something with with Carl Melton too. So we've been kind of talking about maybe, you know, we're, we're kind of doing things backwards. Maybe we should be teaming up here and do just co-release things. I'll take care of North America. He'll take care of UK and Europe too. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's all kinds of things that we've been kind of working on and seeing how, how they'll pan out. But yeah, there's, there's lots of things that uh, we're looking at and, and maybe even, not just being a hundred percent cassette based. I mean, I started playing around with CDs and and pressing those with uh, one or two uh, releases on Dub Ditch this year, and it's it's okay. I mean, I'm not a fan. Right. I'd much rather do records, but you know that's that. You know, it's not always the cost. It's it's the time, the time to put together a good record. Mm-hmm. That looks good. That sounds good. And then you know, what am I going to do to house 500 records until they sell? Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have your your parts of your house just inundated with records and tapes. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we, we had to, I, I actually rent a space in a, in an artist collective building. That's where I have my, my offices where I make all our tapes and stuff just because I had it in the house and it was, I was tripping over stuff and breaking stuff and it was like, <laughs> I can't do this. Right. So, so either I move into a nice big house in the suburbs and, and run the uh, prairie fire dub bitch empire out of there or uh, keep it going the way it is. <laughs> Well, uh, let's jump into some of the more recent stuff here. I'll actually play a couple tracks here from those black metal tapes that uh, we had talked about and then uh, get into a couple of the uh, forthcoming releases. When do you anticipate uh, that that Powder Blue and that Blouse cassette will be coming out officially? Um, I'm thinking probably within the, like, what's it? It's already at the end of January, so probably the second week of February. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Be on the lookout for those, but we'll start things off here with something from Harrow, uh, from a cassette of theirs called The Wanderer.
All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank Chris once again for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, check out the links on the blog to uh, find out more information and to order some of the releases from both uh, Prairie Fire Tapes and Dub Ditch Picnic. Check back with us in a few weeks. There are going to be some changes uh, with the Foxy podcast. Good changes, I believe, but uh, there'll be a little bit of shakeup here in the uh, coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. And we got some more uh, cool features uh, coming up too. So thanks for listening.